Bienvenidos a Radio Menea, y'all. My name is Verroyeti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Every week we bring you music from the artists that we love, and this week we are doing a little wrap-up of 2021. We're walking you through some of our favorite tracks, albums, whatever, of the year. And I am getting us started with one of my favorite songs slash albums of the year, strangely enough. Mm. Um, this is Rao Alejandro. It's todo de ti. Let's take another listen. Tú combinas con el mar, ese bikini se ve fenomenal. No hay gravedad que me pueda elevar. Me pones mal. into this album i feel like before mm -hmm. vice versa raul alejandro was like whatever you know like i didn't dislike him i didn't like him i thought he was just like a you know like an average dude in el movimiento doing his thing i liked some of his shit his other stuff some was like maybe sometimes boring like it, it was you know like a whatever he was like an artist that didn't really catch my ear a lot mm -hmm. but um this song I really, really, really like. And this album, I think, I just, I just never expected it from him. I um, feel like he took a lot of risks. And I mean, they really, really are paying off. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see it making it on some of the lists, the top um, albums of the year lists. And like, I definitely ranked it highly. Um, and this song, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I I really, really like it. I think that it's just like a perfect, perfect pop song. Yeah, it has like a disco vibe to it, which is interesting. A little funk, a little funk, funk. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, it's just like not anything like you would imagine like an artist from El Movimiento doing before this year. And if you listen through to the album, I think that there's a track who... Um, I think I talked about this before, uh, a track from um, 
that's produced by Thiney, which is not surprising knowing like a little bit more about Thiney's like history and interests and stuff, but it's like an IDM track. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, I feel like a 20 years ago when I was like listening to Aphex Twin and, you know, like really into this like strange music from the Warp label that not a lot of people could even like stand to like listen to. Sometimes I would play this around people that like, you know, like new people and it'd be like, you got to take that shit off. It stresses me out. Um, And I (laughs) think there's still people that feel that way, but like to hear it on a pop album, I just would never have expected. And I was just so delighted um, to hear like, just like all this, this level of experimentation from, uh, you know, a top pop latin artists you know yeah um and i think you know like it paid off you know it helps also that he's like fine as fuck you know it's not you know but just putting it out there la rosalia got herself a fine ass boyfriend um i do think that sometimes i've seen his performances a lot and he does play on the like pretty boy situation a lot and I think that that can get a little bit corny like he does this whole like ground humping routine that is Mm. very cringy to me yeah (laughs) but like I don't know I guess some girls are into it like everybody's like you know like the girls are like screaming throwing their fucking bras and shit and I'm just like secondhand embarrassed but like ignoring (laughs) that (laughs) ignoring that I just find this to be like pop perfection there's just no way for me to put this song on and not be in a better mood as a result like every time I put it on I feel like you know like that Tom Cruise movie from the 80s I think it's Mm -hmm. risky business where Mm -hmm. he's just like dancing around in his underwear (laughs) like just like feeling himself like that's literally I've had that moment several times this year with this song in particular so um so yeah I love that for you I love that for you so I just recently was like watching some TikToks about PR couples and it made me wonder if there are any like PR couples in music. I mean, there must be, right? What do you Which mean are PR couples? What does that mean? Couples, they're not real couples. They're couples that are sort of like, like put together for PR reasons for like looks. Oh, for, yeah. Yeah. Of no, course for whatever, for, for business or advantage. beards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They might be a beard or they might just be like to get good attention or to help somebody's career or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, duh, but I'd never really thought about it before. Oh, um, yeah. But I wonder definitely. about, you know, in music, I'm sure there there are some of them as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. But you I mean, think... I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to... What I do know is that there was a lot of speculation about Raul Alejandro and Rosalia before they ever made anything public. Like, it was, like, a well-known industry secret. I think we talked about it on the podcast before they ever mm-hmm. made it public. Like, and I'm not one to follow like industry gossip really like it's not that appealing to me in that way like you know like tabloid like who's dating who like I don't find that that interesting so like if even I knew I feel like you know I don't know that still could be a PR move to be like keep it secret but out there you know um I mean that could be them planting a rumor yeah 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 who knows but it was like a what, what I do know for a fact is that it was a rumor for a long time and then they finally broke you know broke it on like Rosalia's birthday where I spotted this pavlova in the background that they sell in Miami off Key Biscayne Boulevard (laughs) and I was like I know that pavlova it's it's delicious strawberry dulce de leche pavlova (laughs) wow good eye eye. I was like I know it. it's a very distinctive looking cake (laughs) okay okay (laughs) wow wow you went deep on that one yeah um yeah, the thing that I was watching was about like Ben Affleck and some woman that he was dating 
during the pandemic before J-Lo. And it was all about how they were only ever spotted, like, fully dressed, like, walking their dog in a very conspicuous way, you know? Um, (laughs) But, like, clearly, I feel like you can tell when it's real, but there's sometimes where maybe it's not so clear. I don't know. It's like him and J-Lo are clearly real. Like, they, you know, you see them in all these very mundane places, you know? Not just, like, dressed up for the cameras, but who knows? I feel like I know, but... I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you know who really tracks them is Maria Elena. Shout out to Maria Elena. She's oh yeah, that yeah, Maria Elena does. Tracking. Shout out Maria Elena. Saludos, <laughs> um, she tracks everything Benefer. <laughs> yes, keeping me updated. So this episode isn't like we've in the past we've tried to do like top songs of of the year and that always stresses me the fuck out cuz like how the hell do you choose? And you're always like it's objective it's subjective not objective but whatever. But instead this episode is more like our favorite songs of the year rather than like trying to claim anything about like the best song of the year. That's literally the same thing though. <laughs> but like one is it's saying. a different it's a different framing though. Framing it as the it best is. and framing it as your favorite like one is much more um I don't know ostentatious it's the best according to us right but i'm not going to claim that any of the, the songs i brought are. are the best of the year from like a critical perspective they're just my <laughs> so that's how i'm approaching it okay i mean i think that we all get to decide what's the best for us and I if, you, if these are the best for you i feel like they're the best who gets who else gets to tell you what the best is for you I mean, a lot of people try to, you know, a lot of people. This is like the whole question of like music criticism, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's one one way to think about music criticism. I think it's one way that a lot of people do think about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not how we're approaching it this year. No, no, no. To me, I feel like I'm always like, I mean, all of the like all of the lists, every single list is like heavily subjective heavily influenced by like Mm -hmm. anybody who's writing about its bias you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i don't give a fuck if it's like your favorites or pitchforks favorites or whatever you know i think that like there is like a larger idea of like okay this is what and i think there is such a thing as music expertise and contextualizing and everything but in the end like you know like it's all heavily, heavily influenced by like who we are as people and our own internal biases. And like, that's, you know, I think that maybe because I'm a person that writes these lists sometimes, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's crazy to me that like, you know, it's just like, this is my opinion. There's a bazillion opinions, you know? But are you Um, really trying to tell me that journalism isn't objective at all? What a concept. I mean, there are people out there who are still trying to walk that line, which I think is just absolutely absurd. Like, absolutely absurd. I agree. I agree. I think it's wild. I think that we, like, we are all much better off if we can agree that we all have our own biases and name them. Yeah, and just be transparent about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it is be transparent and then... You know, because there's definitely journalists who would look at me and be like, you're not a journalist because my work is so like I've done advocacy and activism and like I have a perspective. And it's like, no, that doesn't make it not journalism. I'm just, you know, people can people know what I believe and they can see that very clearly. I'm not hiding it. Um, But that doesn't mean everything I write is about my perspective. You know, it's informed by my perspective, but it's I often I mean, not as much these days, but I used to write features that were not about my opinion at all. They were about an issue or someone else's opinion or someone else's life. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't believe in objectivity really For at sure. all. 
Yeah, I mean, for this episode, I also am trying to focus mostly on stuff that I haven't brought already for whatever reason. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that, like, I don't know, maybe because, like, there were, like, big pop songs. Like, this was, like, a massive pop hit. Like, I was like, you know, like, maybe I'll choose something smaller or something else. Not that I don't bring massive pop hits on the show all the time, but... Um, you know, I'm focusing on stuff that I haven't brought already for whatever reason, but I think is really good. Um, but you know, I, you know, in terms of like stuff that's topping my personal list, that's not making it today. Like, um, Mascaras by Masaya is an album that was beautiful. I brought a Masaya collaboration with Leo Pimienta a few weeks ago that I really, really love. And I think it's just like a stunning experimental work. Um, El Lado Negro's Far In. We've also brought his music. Um, we've also brought his newer music to the show. Um, I loved Senor Rubino's Una Rosa. We interviewed her about it. And it's, you know, Perez, I think you'll agree, it was such a delight mm-hmm. to, like, you know, yeah. just be tracking her work over the years. Yeah, totally. And have so many conversations. I really loved that album. Um, the Good Trip by Big Soto was a big one for me. Um, I'm remembering also now, um, like, Global Needs, New Agustin was fun. And then there's this other newcomer who I think gets less attention, but is totally like, I realized just like one to watch as I was like thinking about, you know, who the people that I listened to a lot this year is this person, this dude called Librayang. I think I brought him um, a couple of his tracks over the year. And he had an album this year called Ghost of the East, which I thought was really good. And there's a couple of songs like Preseo and Unfit, which were, um, tracks that I listened just to over and over again in 2021. So I wanted to give all of those some shout outs um, before I get into all the other songs that I haven't brought that I really loved. Lovely. Thank you for that. What did you bring us? I didn't. I brought stuff that I brought before because why wouldn't I bring my favorite songs of the year already to the show, you know? (laughs) So... um, these are not going to surprise anybody. I think like somebody who listens to our show or knows me well could probably like make guesses at what my top songs were this year, but um, I stand by them because there's nothing wrong with being yourself, you know? So this first song is by Mark Anthony and it's called Payavoy. Let's take a listen.
So yeah, I brought this back in August, and you um, were surprised, I think, by how much you liked it, Veto. <laughs> yeah, similar. I forgot about it once again. I was like, God, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's just the best of both worlds of like feeling like a really classic salsa, but still feeling new, and that's just yeah. such a a hard balance to strike. And I'm really impressed with him. And you know, his career has been so long, and he continues to put out hits, and it's it's really amazing. So. Um, this song for me is like my aspiration about being out of the pandemic. I'm like, I know some people oh, are living their lives like God. this already, but I am not one of those people. Like I still very feel very cautious and like nervous about being in big crowded spaces. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this isn't where I'm at, but this is like where I wish we could be, you know, and like where I want yeah. to be someday when I don't have yeah. to think twice about going out or going to a party or who's going to be there in vaccination status and masks and um, mm-hmm. I've been surprised to realize that like other people have just been living their lives. You know, like I went to, I went to this local bar that I used to go to all the time, um, for queer trivia and it was like packed and nobody's wearing a fucking mask because DC lifted its mask mandate and there's no vaccination. There was no vaccination requirement and DC's vaccination rate. There's isn't, no vaccination requirement in DC. It's not like in New York where you can't go inside. No, oh. nothing. I know it sucks. And so. I was like literally sitting in the corner with my like KN95 mask being like, this feels really (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) And you know, it's like, I think we just, I don't mean, I think people want to live their lives. I think the industries want to survive. I think people, people assume that everyone's vaccinated, but like the vaccination rate in DC is like 60 something percent. And so Mm. the chances that there's someone in that room being unvaccinated is pretty high, even though it was like queer or whatever. So Right. I'm not ready, y'all. Yeah, that's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get both. I get both things. But yeah, I mean, it's... I feel... I feel very comforted by New York City's vaccine yeah. requirement. The fact that you like cannot go anywhere inside. And in my experience, they're like very mm-hmm. intense about it. Like they yeah. do not let you inside if you don't have. Yeah. I um, wish we would do that. Proof of vaccination. I wish we would do that. And it really like makes me a lot more yeah. comfortable going places. But even then, like I still like get tested all the time, you know, yeah. and, like... I don't know, but yeah, I feel you. I feel you on this. I think that this is aspirational and I'm, I'm looking forward to my, I don't know. I feel like I was thankful for like some of the respite from like the travel and the globe trotting that I'd been doing before the pandemic. And now I'm just like hungry for that to Mm -hmm. start up again. I know, but we'll see. I know. Um, the other thing I love about the song is it's all about like the excitement and anticipation of going out, you know, like getting ready, like thinking about what's going to be like, mm, da, 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 like yeah. and I love that feeling, you know, and like, I feel like I haven't had that in a, a number of years. And some of that's about age and like my fam- my friends, like taste changing in terms of how they spend their time. But I used to host these like pre parties at my house. Um, we like have margaritas and then like all go out to a, like the party together. And mm. I just miss that. I miss that. And I just don't have, it's just not that kind of socializing these days. You know what I mean? I just feel like people yeah. have, I mean, both the pandemic, I actually was at a holiday party on Friday and then they all went to this gay bar and I was like, no, nah, it's too much. Like, I don't want to be yeah. in like a crowded yeah. bar, but, um, but yeah, I'm just, I miss that time. I miss that, like the excitement, the anticipation of like getting ready and like what's going to happen and who you're going to see and <laughs> like all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, that. I do. I do love that. Um, my favorite part of the song is at the very end, he whispers, yeah, yeah, you know? So it's like, it's, it's like this journey, you know, it's this journey to get to by Yavoy, right? It's all about the journey to the party, the journey to the fiesta, like what you're... I feel like sometimes the journey to the party is really the most lit. I know. Sometimes know? it is. Sometimes it is. It's the anticipation sometimes is better than the yeah. reality, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this, this is definitely one of my favorite songs of this year and, um, immediately thought of it when I was thinking about this episode. So I'm 
Thank you, Mark Anthony, for continuing to bring it. I really appreciate you. Amazing. Kitianis. So the next artist I am bringing on is Arca. And the reason I hadn't brought this before is because it, re- it, just, it really just came out. Um, this song is called Prada. Let's take a listen to it. just consistently impressed with everything that Alejandra Gersi does. If you've been listening to the show um, for a while, you know that I've been a longtime fan. And, um, you know, it's been really amazing to watch her grow from like, you know, in 2013 when she like was tapped by Kanye to produce a track on Yeezus to like who she is today. Um, and just, I love the way that she's currently like making these flirtations with pop music after having this body of work that's been so dissonant and so experimental, uh, uh, much of the time. And just to like hear that continuity of like, you know, it still obviously sounds like her, but it's now like so much more accessible and poppy than it used to be. And I, I just think that's really dope. So Alejandra Garcia is the, is the person who goes by Arca. Yes, yeah. Arca is the uh, the artistic name that um, Alejandra Gersi uh, uses. Yeah. And, um, you know, Alejandra is a trans woman. She transitioned like in the spotlight um, is non-binary, identifies as like a non-binary trans woman. And um, yeah, is so it's so cool to like watch. I think that there's so much of that that's part of her art. Um, and I don't know. I just have so much to say about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. the pop piece, the fact that she's pop. I was reading this. Uh, so Isabelia did a profile on her and she shared, we shared it with y'all on the newsletter. And in that profile, she sh- shared a little bit of like her take on pop, which was very interesting to me because she talked about how like engaging with pop isn't trying to make 
a song isn't about like trying to make the song that other people will like, which is like sometimes we think about pop as like, okay, well, like let's make something that the public will like. She said it's actually to create a bridge for those that have a different aesthetic sensibilities or different backgrounds to meet in the shared space mm. that pop can provide, mm. which is so cool, I think. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that because that also people turn down their nose at pop, you know, like especially people or consider themselves to be more artists or more literary or whatever it is, you know, that like if something is popular, it's not as good. And that I think this really like uplifts that what the reality is, is that pop represents like common ground and like shared references and like things that are relatable and like intelligible and, you know, widely. And that, that, yeah, that, that brings people together. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked that definition as well. And um, I mean, the other thing that I think is so cool about Arca is that, you know, her artistic universe isn't just sonic, but it's highly, highly visual and yeah. so intricate and specific. And, um, you know, when I saw the video for this, I just died because it, she it starts off as she's there as like a trans Maria Leonza. And um, Maria Leonza, according to Venezuelan legend, was the daughter of this indigenous chief, and she was eaten by an anaconda and um, asked the mountain that she lived on for help, and the mountain decided to help her by having her become one with it, with the mountain. And so, like, she's the central figure in Venezuela's, like, Afro-indigenous, vaguely Catholic-adjacent religion, and... um, in this visual, Arca is depicting like one of her most famous uh, visual depictions, which is a statue that's in Caracas where she's riding a taper. And I always remember seeing that statue because she was jacked as fuck. This woman is like beefy as fuck. And you just like never see in Venezuela. I never saw art of like women that looked like that. And yeah. I thought it was so cool. Um, and she's like also in this depiction and the sculpture, she's holding a pelvis because she's this goddess of fertility. And it's just like this thing that Arca plays with gender and femininity and fertility a lot, like both in her last album, Kick One. Um, she did that in her visuals for non-binary. And I think that being, you know, like embodying this Maria Leonza character in this video is sort of a continuation of like that playing with gender and femininity and fertility and even like the way she uses her voice. When um, I went to go see her last week and I didn't realize that she there's like the way that she sings usually on this or she's been singing lately has been this really like highly high pitched, you know, like more high pitched voice. And then there's like a really low pitched voice that is on here too. And they're both her. Mm. They're both her. And I think that it's like such a dope um, thing that's, you know, like she's like a trans woman that can like pull off both of those things. So like, why not use both of those registers of her voice? And I just think it's just like so fucking cool. Um, and so this is off of kick two, um, which was one of four (laughs) albums that she released in the last couple of weeks, uh, that are, um, follow-ups to kick one that came out last year. And they're just really stunning, beautiful works. There's a few other visuals that I just cannot say enough about. If you would like to engage with this work, I feel like it's absolutely worth it. Four full length albums. Yeah, four full-length wow. albums. And it wasn't like kind of something we've talked about with other 
big artists recently is like their albums are kind of long, but not like not well edited. Like, you know, that they're not being, yeah. speci- you know, and you didn't feel that way about this. No, no, it all feels so, um, it all feels so purposeful. Right. And wow. so like the kick series is part of like this world that she's building. Right. And she's always been like, like, it's pretty clear that like this, this project is about like imagining new worlds and thinking about how the world could be different, you know? Um, and, and so this, it feels so purposeful, like down to the visuals, like the visuals, like it's so funny. You can really tell that Bjork is her mentor. Yeah, <laughs> It really feels like, yeah. like in a lot of ways, like the same sort of visual um, language that um, some of Bjork's uh, early work um, did. So I, I don't know. I think it didn't feel yeah. like filler at all to me. You yeah, know, it's that's not impressive. Like, it's like trying to get lots of different. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's not play. like going for like the streaming, you know, strategy. Right. You know? Like, right. Exactly. Like she's it's not like even not no. going to happen for her. Like no. she like, even I think that even like releasing these in late December, yeah. I think is like such a like, like instead of waiting for January when her shit could be included in year end lists 2022, she's just like, fuck it. Like everybody had already turned in, like I'd already turned into my editor what my top lists, you right. know, like top so you couldn't, things yeah. were. So like I didn't include this because it hadn't come out. um so um so yeah so I think she just like doesn't give a fuck it's not really about that it's like this is like very specific artistic project with a lot of like Venezuelan reference honestly like a lot of Venezuelan cultural reference so she I mean she's a pretty well-resourced artist yeah I mean, I think so. I mean, her those videos yeah. that the they, videos are incredible. obviously not low budget productions. No. I'm thinking that her label definitely gives her a little bit of a budget to work on it. So, so that does that correlate with her being pretty successful? I know she's not like mainstream necessarily, but she's gotten good acclaim. Oh yeah, I mean, I would say that like she's on her way to like being known as like probably like one of the foremost experimentalists of our time. Like wow. she's, uh, yeah, she's definitely uh, made a name for herself. Yeah, y'all should definitely go watch the video, even if like like me, this is not like this music is not really like my cup of tea. But like this video is incredible, and it was just sort of like mesmerizing watching and I didn't know any of the like mythological references or the Venezuelan folklore references um but it's just an incredible it's an incredible video and y'all should definitely go it's like it feels very futuristic which is the thing that it's like referencing something from the past because it feels very futuristic I I got a little bit of like Marilyn Manson vibe I also got like some prints with like the gender symbols like but I mean it's this incredible artistic I don't even know experience. So y'all should definitely go watch it. Oh, look at you engaging with Arca. <laughs> You're bringing it's me the along. the shared space that pop can provide. Yeah. No, I, I really respect her for that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is an incredible. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, I need to finish it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but the first mm-hmm. like two minutes, I was just like staring being like, what, <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. There's some cool things happening. Yeah. Cool, cool things yeah. happening in yeah. Arca's world. So interesting. Well, so hopefully so- you've never interviewed her, right? I haven't. I yeah. haven't. I really would love to one day. I hope someday you get to do that. Yeah. 
it's funny because one of my good friends here in New York was in the music scene um, with her, you know, um, at when she was a kid, you know, like she was like 15 years old um, playing shows at clubs in Caracas, you know. And so like my friend would like, you know, her dad would be like, Cuidamelo, you know, <laughs> like, and her mm-hmm. friend would be like, yeah, cool, you know. <gasps> Um, oh, wow. so like, there's definitely like lots of like, you know, Venezuelan music scene connects, but I've never, I've never interviewed her I, one day. Yeah. I'm sure. Maybe one day we can have her on the podcast. Ooh, love that. That would be amazing. What did you bring for us next? <laughs> I feel like our transitions are often pretty like wild, but this one feels, <laughs> feels <laughs> like a lot, <laughs> but here we are. Um, this is El Pony by Daddy Yankee. <laughs> Take a listen. What can I say? I mean, we talked about, I brought this definitely earlier in the year. It came out in April. It was my top song of 2021, y'all. <laughs> Amazing. I feel, I like, I feel like this song doesn't do the same thing to me that it does to you, but I understand the feeling where it's just mm-hmm. like one song, it just does a thing and you're mm-hmm. like, yes, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I need yeah. this song to do. Yeah. <laughs> this summer I was just really into it. Um, so it, it took, it wasn't right when it came out, but I was just really feeling it and like definitely had it on repeat. Like I feel like driving in the car, listening to music is one of my like happy places. And so I remember driving mm, windows down that. and like replaying the song over and over. But yeah, this was my Spotify top song, top played song of 2021. So I know we talked about this, Beto, but you said your Spotify stats are like not very useful because you have a lot of like music in the background on repeat kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, um, yeah, just like sometimes I, I'm listening to stuff for work, you know, or for like, you know, something that I'm going to write. So like, it's like, I that gets like a lot a lot of play because if I'm like writing an in-depth thing about it then yeah um you know so it's like sometimes like affected by that and then yeah like for like working out or like you know like all like this year I like made like one playlist and I like used it for working out and like some of the stuff is new some of the stuff like I don't listen to really that often outside of that like some of the stuff you know so and it's just like 
or, you know, whatever other activities. Sometimes I'll like have a playlist and it's not necessarily like what, I don't know, my Spotify wrapped like didn't feel like indicative of my year in music, yeah. you know, yeah. because of those things. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, I- like mine was pretty mine was pretty representative i didn't have i used to have that issue when i would have like massage music and stuff on there but yeah, now that yeah. i'm not doing that anymore um it was pretty representative i do think this it's a cool thing that the bots offer you know like this retrospective for people like the average listener kind of gets to have some analysis of their year in music i know it doesn't work for everybody and also spotify obviously has its downsides and like you know the mm-hmm, cut mm-hmm. that rep artists get is really rough and it's part of the industry but um, but yeah, this was my top song. All the most of the rest of the songs that were my top songs are not new. Like I just listen to a lot of older music. So yeah, um, some years are like that too. Some years yeah. are like that. You just like do deep dives into like older shit. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would put the song in the category of like another Daddy Yankee song, Dura, which came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. That I also felt that similarly. one was like that for me. Yeah, I feel like Dura like was right? like my fucking uh, shit. So good. So yeah, they both kind of get under my skin, but in this like good way. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean this the song has a great beat, has a catchy hook. You know, he's got some impressive rapping, some lyric, good lyrics. Um, you know, maybe he's talking about horseplay, maybe not. Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care for that part of it. I just think the song really is really good. Um, no, you know, no shame or judgment on anybody, but it's not, it's not what I'm into. Um, so, and I, you know, I think that he still impresses me by staying relevant all these years later, you know, and alongside all, all some of the newbies that have come up in El Movimiento, you know, he stays relevant and keeps yeah. putting out hits. Yeah, so for sure. Neither of the songs I brought were part of albums. They're both singles. I think actually all the I songs I'm bringing like are singles. There were a lot of singles this mm-hmm. year. I feel like I listened to a lot of singles and less like full albums, mm-hmm. which, you know, is the way that a lot of people listen to music these days. Um, yeah. But I usually do engage with albums a lot. And this year there was just like when I was trying to figure out what my top albums were, I was like, damn, like all like so many singles, like a lot of the people that I feel like were important folks in music um this year were i couldn't recognize on the top albums because they didn't put out an album you know yeah yeah like kiko crazy didn't put out an album kiko crazy had a fucking fire ass year yeah so did El alfa again you know so um i mean yeah, the way we listen to music has changed a lot and i think it's it deprioritizes albums yeah yeah so it's not that there's not a place for them but it just doesn't have the prominence that it used to have um and the importance yeah so yeah i think there's a lot of people who just you can just put out singles and still have success yeah for sure all right what's your next one my next one is another one that i think is a huge huge pop hit but deserves um a shout out this year it's nueve once by sitch Y si te vas tranquila, que todo se olvida. 
pasa el tiempo y eso se olvida Si ni siquiera dura la vida Bendición se me cuida Haciendo un mueble dañado aunque alguien te tapice No era auxilio cuando en mi casa tú gritabas Te gustaba y como un día te tocaba Te quejabas pero te quedabas De siete maravillas tú te sientes la octava Tú te fuiste de entonces Más dinero más culo de entonces yeah. Chingo más rico de entonces Si estás herida This song is such a vibe, oh, man it's so good So good Such is so good yeah. Do we know anything about his romantic life? Is this could this be true? I know nothing true? about his romantic life because clearly, mean, maybe other people know something about yeah. his romantic life, but I don't. <laughs> but it's but a, it's a great breakup song. Ah, uh, <laughs> triumphant breakup shit is my shit. Yeah, Probably because I have been loving being single for the last couple yeah. of years. So yeah. I'm just like, yes, my life is better. Yes, I'm fucking better. Yes, yeah. I have more money. Yes, everything is great. You know? Más culo, <laughs> más dinero. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I'm just like, checks out, checks out, checks out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I feel you. I feel and you. No, it's a good, it's a yeah, good. Yeah, like, it's a good It's such a bop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's such a bop. I feel like there's so many like Instagram caption worthy mm-hmm. lyrics, you know, like y si te vas tranquila. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Si estás herida, pues llama al 911. Like, <laughs> no that. a mí. Yeah. <laughs> no a mí. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bendición se me cuida. That's yeah. like the ultimate. Like, you know what? Bendición se me cuida, but like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. It's just like so funny. Plus like the ultimate like decía que por, que por, por mí se moría, pero veo que respira. Otra mentira. <laughs> good for like, our do you mean episode. to tell me that you did not die <laughs> yeah yeah oh, what was all that this would be good for our shade episode <laughs> it's so good yeah. it's so good and yeah. i mean obviously his voice is stunning he's like like probably my favorite vocalist in all of el movimiento yeah he's incredible um, it's like you know like such and bad bunny are my favorite vocalists yeah in in el movimiento so so good um and i just think he's such an important force i love to see him win yeah. and the video is so sweet <laughs> it's really sweet <laughs> y'all should go watch it yeah yeah you'll catch nikki jam like casually making appearances of bodega guy selling scratch off <laughs> tickets to such <laughs> It's pretty great. I'm glad that Nikki was like, yes, I will do that. I will star in your video as the bodega guy. Because <laughs> he's not even on this song, right? He's just making a No, cameo. he's not even in the song. No. He's just the bodega guy yeah. in the video. <laughs> I love that. I hope that means they're friends. <laughs> and scratch-off oh tickets God. are, I feel like scratch-off tickets are such a Latino thing, too. Which is like, it's kind of sad because gambling oh. can be really, can be really um, detrimental to people and husband and my family. So fun. It was something that we got to do as kids. Like my dad would buy a scratch off ticket. Yeah. It was same. like a, it was like a thing, which I'm like, it oh was God. like a fun, like it's oh fun my until God. It, what if you you're know? a kid and you get your own money? <laughs> it's fun until someone takes it too far and becomes an addiction, you know. But oh, um, yeah. 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 Um but no, that video is really sweet. It's really sweet. I would love to know about Such's love life. I'm so curious. But. Oh. Yeah, he's really he's really serving this 
vibe even if he's not experienced it he's really selling it he's selling it yeah he is really selling he's like you know what girl i'm better off so great rhymes yeah yeah so good thank you for reminding me of this song yeah yeah i I was really in between this one and sali perrea which is also an Mm -hmm. excellent such track from this year mm-hmm. but i don't know no, this one is just such so much my vibe that i had to go for it love it so what do you have next for us all right my last song no one's gonna be surprised it's lao lao by prince royce let's take a listen Yo que ya lo tuve todo y que no he tenido nada Te confieso que esa noche con tan solo una mirada Me dejaste ahí enredado con un beso y tu sabor me convenció Yo no necesito una mansión, ni un carro del año, ni un millón Yo solo te quiero a ti, tu cuerpo en la arena, el sol, solo tú y yo be the thematic opposite of the set song <laughs> that song is like i don't need any i don't need you at all i'm better off without you and this song is like i don't need anything except you <laughs> so, you know different spectrums of feelings um but yeah i i've spent like two years i feel like complaining about prince royce putting out songs that weren't bachata and like doing sort of like weird pop collaborations and like trying to sort of do like reggaeton stuff so I feel like I have to give him a lot of love for going back to what I think he's really good at and serving it to his fans like me who want to hear him do bachata. <laughs> so he's, this is not his first bachata. I think he had another one that was his first this year, maybe last year. But um, it's just a great bachata. Like, there's so many ways that my music taste has evolved in the time we've been doing this show and then certain ways it hasn't changed yeah. at all. And this is one of the ways it hasn't changed at all is I still love Prince Royce. <laughs> and I still have his, his particular style of bachata, which, like, I think incorporates like the classic elements of traditional bachata or at least most of them but then adds some pop elements and that i think makes it really good and like accessible and like fun and i don't know lighthearted and, and whatnot and so i you know some people don't like him for the ways in which he's like taken bachata in a different direction but i think it's i think it's great i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with it um and i think it it still connects enough to the legacy of bachata and he is a dominican mm-hmm. artist and all of that you know so i love it i'm still and i th- i think this song also kind of like the mark anthony salsa feels like classic and new at the same time to me so mm, yeah it also it is very it's got like little like reggaeton interludes too mm. which is interesting yeah so he's trying to like bring what he's been doing maybe 
Yeah, yeah. But, you know, still bringing still in bachata. some bachata elements. Yeah. Still a bachata. Still something you can dance to. Still, like, enough of the beat that you can do your little, you know, baile to it. So, I'm a fan. I brought this to the show, I'm sure. I know earlier this year when it yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But... Um, it was one of my top ones. So those are my those are my top three for this year. All right, y'all. Well, this is our last episode of 2021. It's coming yeah, to an end. Yeah, we are going to take a, a little break um, to be with our families and have some rest and ring in the new year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be back on January 14th. Yeah. So enjoy your holidays. Hope you get some rest. Hope you get to be around people you love. Um, And thanks so much for listening and for supporting us this year. Really appreciate you, babies. Yeah, as always, all the information for everything that we talked about today is going to be in the show notes. We have a very, very deep archive that you can listen to on your travels if you miss (laughs) us in the next couple of weeks but um we'll be back on the 14th in the meantime follow us on instagram twitter all the places we have a newsletter um and we can't wait to see you in 2022 and thank you shout out to maite for editing doing the editing on these episodes maite from campanas and chingonas thank you so much Yes, the MVP of 2021. Of <laughs> yes. Is my thing. yes, yes, we appreciate you. Um, all right, y'all. Happy New Year. Feliz Año. And we'll talk to you in 2022. Bye. Hasta la próxima. Bye.